In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday! Uh, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is uh, a game that's on PlayStation 4 and Steam, I believe. It's called Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Um, it's this really fun game where it's basically a battle royale, like Fortnite, only it's also got a little bit of a funny Double Dare vibe to it. So you're doing kind of different events. And the goal is to be the last person standing after all these events. Most of the events start out with like this big race with 100 people, basically. And all the characters kind of look like these mini Teletubbies. It's kind of weird to describe. But they're all running through this course. And like the first 50 they get through advance to the next round and then you have other events like a slime course where you have to run through these slime things and other obstacles and there's other little challenges that are team-based and the whole goal is you're just playing through each round until you become the last person there um it is so fun it is really addictive it's a fun it feels like a fun game that you could play with friends where you know you're kind of trash talking each other and stuff like that is you know one of you loses and the other one gets further along things like that so um, it's really fun. It's a really different game. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people playing it so far this summer, and um, yeah, it's just really enjoyable. It's a nice twist on the whole battle royale formula that we've seen from games like Fortnite. So, if you have a PS4, or if you have a PC, check it out. And actually, I think it's free for PS Plus members. Right I believe now. it is. Yes, it is. Because um, I need to re-up my thing. <laughs> but I do remember seeing 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 something about that as being one of the free games. So you must I get on that. that. It's so good. Yes, obviously, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm Brian Truitt. I play. I, I don't play. I do play video games, but I mostly watch movies. Um, and this week, I'm I'm just girding my loins for Madden 21 coming out next week. <laughs> I'm 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 getting ready because that will probably be my my thing that gets me through next week. I have but played a sprinkle of that, by the way. Right. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, but what's getting me through this week is actually this kind of it's it's a it's you know I watch a lot of streaming movies these days. And one of the one of the really interesting ones is called The Vanished, which is it stars Thomas Jane and Hayes and Jason Patrick. It looks like just your run of the mill missing kid thriller, and like even like the poster's kind of bland, and you like it starts out kind of bland. You're like, Ugh. but like it's it's weird because it's like sneakily complex. It's a little bit bonkers, and it and it goes some kind of dark and weird places and it's like it's kind of entertaining it's like surprising and a lot of things aren't even surprising anymore um but this is especially kind of when you're lulled into the point of like oh this is just gonna be kind of some stupid lifetime movie where they they find the you know they find the kid later on or something uh it's 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 something really interesting and 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 different and so i i recommend that and you know 
One and Only Ivan is going to be a lot of family movies kind of things. But, you know, after kids watch One and Only Ivan, adults go watch The Vanished. All right, then. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you like to listen. Uh, while you're on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could write a quick review about the show. Uh, by doing that, you hope other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, you get a shout-out in the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see. Everybody wins. Uh, don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, let's get to the main topic this week. Here's a clip. I can save today. But you can save the world. take what I want in return. Everyone will see. The world needs you. You know what you need to do. Nothing good is born from lies. This is not what you think. That was from Wonder Woman 1984, the superhero sequel coming out in October, maybe? That's one of several DC flicks that will be previewed Saturday as part of DC Fandom, a Comic-Con-esque virtual experience that will feature a bunch of upcoming stuff like The Suicide Squad, Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, (laughs) seriously, a Flash movie, and The Batman with Robert Pattinson. We figured this was another good week to talk about fandom stands if they're a good thing or not in 2020, obviously we're going to talk about fandom too. Um, let's start there though. What are you most looking forward to hearing about at fandom? Um, there's a lot. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about the, what the experience is going to be like because, you know, Comic Con at home was just a bunch of like, like rando web, like YouTube web links that went live, live at like certain times and you could just watch them and, and, and pause them and do whatever you want with them, watch them later. Um, this is like, this is the most Comic Con virtual experience I've seen because it is eight hours straight. You're apparently you cannot pause it. So you just watch it and, you know, good luck, you know, hang on tight. Um, but it's got a lot of stuff. I mean, there's, you know, it, it kicks off with like one o'clock. Eastern time on Saturday, so it's 10, 10 Pacific. It starts off with the Wonder Woman panel, and that's like 25 minutes. And there's like a, a string of like 10 to 25 minute panels. I think the Suicide Squad game is going to be um, teased. I think the new Batman game is supposedly going to be teased too. Uh, I'm hoping, like, I think the Suicide Squad movie movie panel is going to have like the entire cast, which is like, I think 675 people at this point. Um, James Gunn's cast. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. The Snyder cuts going to, Zack Snyder's going to, you know, riff as he usually does. Uh, I think, I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing any kind of like first footage from the Batman. Hopefully, I don't know if we'll get a trailer or not, but I think showing Robert Pattinson running around in, in, in the Cape of Cow is going to, I think that's going to break the internet like late, later on Saturday. Um, but I think just going to, you know, they, Marvel did something kind of, not like this, but they, you know, like a few years ago, they pretty much, they gave their entire slate away. Like they had this kind of big kind of press conference about it. And this is almost kind of like that, where, you know, 
I think DC's kind of righted the ship a little bit and it knows what it wants to do with its movies. And now it has like, you know, a whole day to just, you know, full of its fans to kind of say, you know, here's what's coming, you know, here's some footage, here's some folks talking, you know, and it'll get people psyched. And I think people right now, they kind of need something to look forward to when, you know, some movie theaters are opening, but you know, it's, it's not a thing yet. You know, it, it may not be a thing when Wonder Woman uh, 84 comes out in October. So I think, I think they just want to give people something to get excited about and, and to get back to the movies for. Yeah, I know one thing in particular that I'm pretty excited about is um, the Suicide Squad game, um, which looks like it's really interesting. And judging from a lot of the rumors around it, could be a lot of fun. The you know the the studio that's making it, Rocksteady, is the same one that did the Batman Arkham games, which were all super amazing. Um, and this game, they they teased it in a tweet recently, and it shows a picture of Superman with his back facing. And you see what looks like a target on his head. Yeah, bullseye on his head, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and it suggests that you're going to basically go after the Justice League in this, which sounds like a really cool concept for um, a superhero game, kind of being the villains going after the heroes this time. Um, but I, I think it's really, called, I think it's called Kill the Justice League, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it is. I, yeah. I think that's the game title. No, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, it looks like it could be really promising, and I'm really interested to see how that game evolves and kind of what their idea is. Um, but that's definitely up there. If they do like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance where you like what you like a pick of your squad members and you do missions with them and then you you know have you have to um think about their skills their skill set and how, what kind of team you want. I think that would be really fun if you like melded that kind of theme with like the Arkham Knight kind of stuff. I think that would be an awesome game. Yeah, definitely if you can do a co-op element to it where you're just doing missions and you're hunting down Justice League, that would be a really cool concept. Um, so you mentioned the Batman. One of the writers recently had s- spoken out and said that this movie is going to explore Bruce Wayne's trauma, which, spoiler <laughs> alert, if you don't know this, Bruce Wayne's parents are killed, and that's why he decides to become Batman. What? <laughs> I know. Did you not know this? I didn't. <laughs> it, 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 I'm sorry. I've ruined the Batman for you. I'm sorry. Um, oh, man. But I know. I know. Um, so... The second I heard that, I was like, okay. It, it sort of deflated me a bit for this movie. But overall, how are you feeling about a new Batman movie? So I will tell you what deflates me is that I guess the guy, the, the guy who we're talking about, um, he wrote this Project Power thing on Netflix that just came out last week. And the Sharknado of superhero movies. That scares me more about the Batman than, than you know, any trauma. Um I think people say things when when they can't talk about movies. They think, say things like this. We're, we're going to explore Bruce, Bruce Wayne's trauma. Well, that's obvious because he's Batman. I mean, his whole shtick is childhood trauma. So, of course, of course, they're going to, you know, explore that because that effing Batman. Um, I think that I think that he's just saying stuff to say stuff and he can't really talk about the movie. So he's just saying things like that um matt reeves directing it and co-writing it that gives me hope i think the fact that you know we have colin farrell as the penguin i think you know paul dano's the riddler zoe kravitz catwoman I, jeffrey wright is as commissioner gordon's gonna be great i think i think it's got a lot of people and I, if they don't overdo it with the villains i think it could be interesting if they you know especially if they if they don't overdo it on the villains and kind of really lean into like the detective side of Batman, which we have not seen really 
on on screen yet. I mean, I think uh, no one came close, but he was again. It was more of an exploration of of a vigilante, and you know, does the city need him or does he need the city? There's a lot. There's a lot more kind of like bigger philosophical things with his movies, but like a cool detective story is something we have not seen in a Batman movie yet. So if he goes that way, I think that'd be pretty cool. I really hope that that's all that was. Cause if I, if I, if this movie ends up being another first, however chunk much of it at the beginning is about everything that happens with Batman. It's just, we, we all get it. Like we all know what happened to him. And I know that that's a core part of his identity, but I agree with you where let's go somewhere we haven't gone to yet. Like the detective side of Batman and, and just, let's just, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic here and (laughs) hopefully this weekend after I see whatever they show for Batman, my optimism will go back up. But for right now I'm feeling a little deflated and I'm just hoping that it's not diving into this trauma stuff as deeply as I'm worried they're going to do. Well, and I mean, even like, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne even bought the farm and Joker, like the movie that kind of has kid Batman, it doesn't even have Batman in it, and his parents still die. So I, I think I think DC's just kind of got a got a hard on for them or something for, for having them die. Um but like any any of these movies, if they're not using Spider-Man Homecoming as the as the template, which you didn't need to see Uncle Ben die. You everybody knows Uncle Ben died. Everybody knows the whole great power come, comes great responsibility thing. We know Spider Man's been around for decades. We know all that. Just get to the good stuff and like maybe hint at things that you know, hint at on Uncle Ben and stuff. But you know, it's it's part of Americana. We don't, everybody knows these things. If you don't know it, there's a Wikipedia. You know, I you don't need to waste your time. Just get to the good stuff. And if if they really kill the Waynes again and have not taken the the you know the the hint that enough people have said no more killing of Tom Martha and Thomas Wayne I think that's going to be a problem if like we're going back to redoing the entire origin again because no one wants to see that we know where Batman came from we've seen Batman movies he's been around since the 30s for God's sake you know do a cool movie that we haven't seen yet so one of the other big movies that I'm a little more excited about is Wonder Woman 1984 um she looks dope in the armor. Um, and so far from what I've seen of the story, it looks really cool. Um, what do you think we'll see from fandom related to that movie? I think we'll see a trailer that gives away some of the plot and, and like why, why, why there's a cheater running around, why, you know, Max Lord is involved. I think, I, you know, why Steve Trevor is somehow back from the dead. I think we're going to maybe we'll see more of a story trailer, whereas the, the, the other trailer was kind of a teaser more about like the, ooh, Wonder Woman's back. Ooh, it's the 80s. Ooh, she's glamorous. I mean, there was like, it was it was a more about kind of like of the style of it. And I think this one might be more about the substance. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the Snyder Cut, because this is obviously something that has been talked about for what feels like an eternity. Um, so this is a two-parter. First off, how excited are you about the Snyder Cut? And are you more excited about what Zack Snyder might have planned, or are you more excited about not having to hear people constantly asking to release the Snyder Cut? I don't really care. We, again, we've talked about this before, but I, and my 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 thoughts haven't really changed. You know, I don't think we need one. I think I think I respect an artist being able to complete what he what he wanted what he tried, started to do and didn't get to finish. 
I that that part is cool because you know there was a tragedy that stopped him from completing Justice League. He brought in Joss Whedon. Now no one likes Joss Whedon. Um, you know, and you know, it's like you know this other thing is like going to be scrapped from eternity. So we now have we're going to have a Snyder cut to pay attention to. Um, I don't I don't need I don't need it. I mean, I Justice League was fine. I I don't know why we need need this thing again. It's kind of a cool like asterisk because you know it is it is the director's cut. You know, usually it would have been a thing that just came out on a Blu-ray like a year after the regular movie did, but now we're going to make this you know a thing. Um, so I don't I don't know. I I, th- I think it's it's more about a fa- the fans. I think it's more about them wanting to see what this thing is that they've that they've in their mind have made to be like the greatest superhero movie of all time. And I think he's still working on it for goodness sakes. Um, so I, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding this thing. And I think, and I, I do wonder when it comes out next year on, on HBO max, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see if it, if it's bad, cause I think it's probably gonna be like three hours long or something. If it's bad, will they actually say so? Or will like pride get in the way of like, well, you know, it could have been so much better if this was the, you know, if he had really completed it then, or, you know, there'd be excuses for why it sucks. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, uh, it's a movie with a lot of weirdness around it. And the fact that Warner Brothers is still playing this game is kind of strange, you know, strange in the best case, dumb on the worst case, because, you know, they've, they're now like in a nice groove where they have like, you know, cool, movies like Shazam and Aquaman and things that, that they're getting away from like the Marvel template of like, Hey, let's connect everything. And they're having their movies live on their own and having them, you know, that be kind of like, you know, it all takes place in the same place, but you know, not everything has to connect, but now we're just going back to the, to where we came from and we're, we're going backwards a little bit. And I think I'm not sure that's the smartest thing to do right now when a lot of other things are clicking. So, you know, this brings us to the the next point, because we've talked before about the Snyder Cut and how is it enabling, you know, toxic fandoms, basically, you know, lots of fans getting upset and, you know, just constantly badgering about things they want. And then finally, you know, a studio caves in and says, fine, we'll give you this thing. And how is that setting a bad precedent? Um, Let's say, for example, the Snyder Cut is not good or maybe Mm -hmm. worse. It's just really bad. Do you think fans would admit that it's bad, or would they would they just say, you know what, yeah, we probably shouldn't have, you know, this probably shouldn't have happened, or are they going to double down and say, you know what, no, this is even better, we were right. I think I think it's a double down situation. I think I think we'll all be able to kind of like give our review of it. Um, if 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 it if it sucks, I don't think anybody's going to say so. You know, I think I think critics will. I think people who like you know, don't have any real investment, we'll be able to kind of see see it from an outside perspective and say, okay, this sucks or is incoherent or or whatever. Um, if I, somebody who's really, really invested in it and has spent like so many years thinking about it, I will be surprised if those people say, eh, we shouldn't have been asking for this or this isn't what we asked for, or blah, blah, blah. I think we might have some double down and be like, yeah, it it is good. It, you know, it is his vision. That's all that matters. You know, I, I think we'll have some of that. Um, I'm not rooting against it. I feel like, you know, if it is good, cool. You know, it again, it's an asterisk 
in the grand scheme of things. Um, I, I do, I do hope that people can have some perspective on this. You may, you may have wanted to see this thing forever, but like, you know, maybe certain things shouldn't have, have been done just because you can do something, just because you can like recreate an entire movie just because you didn't like the first one, you know, that isn't, that isn't always the answer. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this, you know, this gets to another interesting point too, with, it feels like with the internet and, and fandom, we've now moved into this area of standing certain things, which is, you know, it's, to me, it is more of an obsessive look on being a fan. We saw an example of this recently because um, the uh, Taylor Swift released an album and a reviewer from Pitchfork gave it an 8 out of 10 on her latest album, How Dare She. Um, and as a and result... it's Pitchfork. It's Pitchfork. Like, yeah. a Pitchfork giving, like, a Taylor Swift album an 8 out of 10. That's like a 12 out of 10 with anybody else. Exactly. And it gets, you know... It, I mean, this gets us... And as a result, a lot of the fans got really upset. They harassed her to the point where she locked down her account. They were even doxing her personal information and sharing it. Um, but it gets to a bigger issue that I have. And it's just about standing in general. And the fact that how is this like a celebrated thing about being a fan? I don't understand. The whole concept started from, um, I, I, a lot of people say it started from a video, an Eminem video. The one he did in 2000 it was called Stan. And it was literally about a fan that was totally obsessed with him. And it's like, why are we glorifying that element of being a fan where you're just obsessive and you blindly worship something to the point that nobody can, you you can't at all criticize or discredit any little thing they do? Or even if you slightly, you know, if if it's not 100% perfect, then you're wrong and it's even worse than you're wrong. It's just, it's very volatile and it's like, I hate it. I hate I hate that it's celebrated. I hate honestly that sometimes the people that are stand don't come out more and say stop this. This is really bad. I don't I feel like you don't hear that enough and I feel like that would go a long way to stopping this kind of stuff. But it keeps happening and you don't see the the people that are getting the support really speaking out and saying, "Okay, you guys are taking it too far. Stop." It's just out of control. And I feel like we just need to be done with this. I feel like it's awful, and I feel like it. it there's no reason. It, it just takes away from what being a fan should be about. Um, what do you think about stands? Do you think we should be done with them too? Oh, please. Uh, I mean, I but I and I think they're they're a product of of the internet generation of right now of, of our politics of you know just just you know celebrity. You know, I, I think we've gotten to the point of. There's so much tribalism that, that you know, it, it's like sports teams writ large. Like, you live for your team, and you live and die for your team. And, and if it's not your team, then F you, you know. I, I don't want to even, you know, you're dead to me. Um, I th- that's, that's where we're at as just a society. And I think that, you know, just it's, it's infected entertainment so much so that, that you know, all, all like – logic and and just you know reasoning and compassion empathy and everything everything else has just gone out the window you know if you didn't like a taylor swift album that doesn't mean you should have like millions of people after you it is it is criticism you know i don't think taylor swift cares 
Taylor Swift's got bigger problems, I'm sure. The whole world's got bigger problems. We're, we're focusing on these stupid things that it's close to people's hearts so they feel like they can, you know, that's something that they can make a decision about or they can get behind or, you know, and forget other problems or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't love anything. I mean, I like meatloaf. I like Madden 21. I like, I like superhero movies. I am I going to live or die for any of those? No, because I, you know, because nothing's that important to me other than like my kid and my wife, you know, and my family. So I, so I, I just don't, I don't want, I don't understand it. I just have never, I, you know, there's things I've loved in my life you know, like entertainment and stuff, but none of it has ever been like ride or die or anything. So I just, I, I, for one, don't understand it in, in the least. And I just, so I don't, I don't know really how to fix it, but I think like you said, had Taylor Swift came out and been like, not off, you know, don't do this. Would, would you like me to stop my career? If you know, cause this is stupid, you know, you should, I'm glad you like me. But like, no one should like me this much. I think that's a problem. Until pe- until the people who are stand, not the stands themselves, but the stand people, until they say something, been like, knock off. It's going to keep going. But I think sometimes they like the attention, they like the praise, and I think that gets too much in their head. They don't see how toxic it is and she should know you know she's she's she has been the target of like toxicity toward her so she should she should have enough sense to come back around and been like you know this person gave me an eight out of ten this is not bad stop it stop not knock it off but again i i just think there's a lot of people who are being stand that that like it we have political leaders who, you know, they, they appreciate it too. And, you know, and, and they join in on the quote unquote fun. So I, and I think that just, again, that just enables even more of the bad behavior and everything. So I think until, until the, the stand people stand up against the stands, we're, we're going to kind of be in this unfortunate, you know, toxic environment. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously the people that are targeted by, this harassment are, you know, are, are really suffering the most from this, but also the regular fans who just appreciate something and aren't part of all that, you know, they tend to get, I'm not going to say lumped in, but I think what happens is the attention is focused on the extreme end, the smaller, but very vocal part of it, and not the overwhelming majority of fans that just really enjoy whatever they enjoy. Like, I'm sure the bulk of Taylor Swift's fans, as much as with any other thing that you are a fan of, are all just people that enjoy her music and they really love it. And yeah, if they see a review they don't like, they will disagree with it, but they are not going to go to such drastic measures in support of that. Um, I think it takes away from them and takes away from how they experience um, just being a fan of, of whoever it is they're a fan of. Um, I think that's another layer to this where it's like, you know, you see this toxicity, but we also don't want to forget, too, that there's an overwhelming large number of fans that aren't like this and are supportive and they do it in a way that isn't, you know, inappropriate. Yeah, you just don't hear about those people because, like you said, I mean, they're not they're not the loud minority. They're the silent majority, you know, and they're just they go about their business and 
And, you know, and they probably know better and they'd be like, oh, I'm not getting online today because that's, that's, you know, there's nothing good there. And, and so the people who are loud and, you know, cause trouble, they're a small number. But the, that's the problem, though. Even a, even a, even a loud minority can, can disrupt the system. And, and that's probably part, part of what they want to do is they, you know, they want, you know, they're agents of chaos, unfortunately. So, Okay, let's get to the good stuff because, you know, obviously it's fandom and stuff like that. Um, and that's what we should be celebrating is all the fans that love this stuff and appreciate it and are sensible. Um, <laughs> you know, is there... Hats off to you, sensible people. Exactly. Um, is there a dream project that you would like to see announced during fandom? Is there something like, if you heard this, this would be like the best thing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the Suicide Squad is probably pretty much my dream project because it has like James Gunn and like again like every weird actor you've you know like John Cena and Pete Davidson and and a Doctor Who actor and Idris Elba. I mean, it's that's nuts. I think that I, that that that's kind of my DC dream project. Um, I think I would not mind hearing about a new Superman being done by somebody who understands Superman. I think, I think one, I did not like Man of Steel at all. Um, I, I don't think Henry Cavill really became Superman until justice league. I think he'd be a good Superman. I, I, I would, I would not mind seeing, hearing about the right people making a Superman movie. I think that would, that would be kind of cool. I, I, I don't know if, I you know what I what, what would be a dream project actually is a Justice League movie, not with any of the maybe maybe yeah no, none of the like the the normal people not the big the peer girls the one that's like like a Justice League movie that's kind of based on the the run the Justice League International run in in the eighties where it was just funny it was a it was like sending up superheroes and it was just fun I would like to see kind of like a Justice League movie that's like kind of anarchic and fun. It's just like it it maybe it's almost like Deadpool in the fact of like kind of makes fun of itself and other superhero movies, but yet, you know, maybe has something kind of serious underlying it. That would be that would be a dream project for me. I kind of would love to see something different tried with Green Lantern, because he's probably my favorite DC superhero. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they do something off Blackest Night. I don't know. Maybe we hear something like that. But I, I do want to see them try again on Green Lantern. And I think just largely because I really love Green Lantern and I kind of want to see them take a second crack at it and see if they can figure it out. And like I said, Marvel figured out how to do Guardians of the Galaxy and a lot of that stuff. So I think that there is hope that DC can pull off something with Green Lantern. So... That's what I'm kind of holding out for. If there is some kind of Green Lantern film announcement, I think I'll be especially excited about that. And I'm hoping that it kind of rewrites what they tried to do the first time. But we'll see. I would not be surprised if there is some kind of like Green Lantern announcement, but that Ryan Reynolds is back. I, I, I feel like that, that could be kind of like what Marvel did with Incredible Hulk, whereas Incredible Hulk was just kind of like this thing that's kind of like an outlier that kind of sucked and, you know. But then they like kind of brought it back into the fold like later on when they made an Avengers movie I'm like oh yeah that Incredible Hulk movie counted sure 
I think that might be what they do with like a Green Lantern Corps movie where you bring back you bring back Ryan Reynolds' Hal Jordan, but then you have him at, in an ensemble and and you make it a really cool like space movie. Not like, oh, is this a, you know, part Earth movie, part space movie, but like a real hardcore, cool, you know, Green Lantern Corps movie. I, I, I would I would buy I wouldn't mind seeing that and I think that could be do you know, they could back up the Brinks truck to Ryan Reynolds and make that happen, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. Um, are you watching DC Fandom? Uh, what what movie are you most looking forward to hearing about or what TV show, game, anything? Um, would you dare give a Taylor Swift album anything below a B or an A? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod or you can tweet at us individually. Uh, I'm at Brentmolina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. Uh, don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at usatoday.com. Uh, that'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a rating or review. Helps other people find the show. We get some great feedback. Everybody wins. It's super appreciated. Um, If Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, That'll do it. Until next week, nerds out. Later, guys.